Hello, and welcome to Her Return, a podcast devoted to returning to your feminine essence through embodiment practices, sensual explorations, and unifying the feminine and masculine energies within. I am your host, Lindsay Curtis. Episode number two, Conversation with Devashi Shakti. I am so excited to introduce you to my personal mentor and one of the most powerful Scorpio women in my life, Devashi Shakti. Devashi is the founder of Feminine Medicine Somatic Coaching. She's the creatrix of Sacred Female Embodiment Yoga and of Tigress. Devashi is a mystic and an educator for women who desire comprehensive professional training to acquire the practical skills and in-depth knowledge to be a leader, teacher, facilitator, coach, or therapist who brings sacred feminine wisdom to their clients. Devashi has been a true force of nature in my life, and I hope that tuning in with her will introduce you to the same. Okay, so welcome, Devashi. I'm so excited to tune into this conversation with you. Oh, Devashi, a beautiful sister, a mentor, a teacher of my heart, womb, and soul. It is an absolute honor to be here with you. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. And it's always an honor to share time and space with you, Lindsay. Mm, Thank you. So as a leader in sacred feminine wisdom and a teacher's teacher, please take us back to the beginning and how your childhood has shaped you or catapulted you into your life's work. (laughs) Oh, I love because it's a vast question (laughs) because there's been so many experiences that make me feel like saying how long have I got to answer this question right so (laughs) oh my gosh um you know I I feel like we come in with accumulated soul wisdom and we experience what we experience in the families that we're born into and how those two things collided within me (laughs) and my early life experience really highlighted um, a lot around dynamics of feminine and the masculine. Mm. And there was a lot of trauma and pain and distortion that I witnessed and that I experienced in my family, in my immediate family and in my extended family line. And it was extremely challenging for me. And I... (laughs) almost go into a zone of like where do I begin however (laughs) the the tragedies and pain and you know all of that that I felt and processed and went through and that um kind of defined where my path was going to take me next Mm -hmm. um all led to exactly where I am sitting here with you talking with you right now And so it is what it is. And um, there were physically, psychologically, emotionally violent, abusive experiences. 
And I felt them very, very deeply because of my level of sensitivity and attunement to these things. And so my presence was about up-leveling the emotional intelligence in my environment. And it still is today. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, other people in my family may not have experienced to the extent that I did the way that I tuned into and felt some things. But because that was my experience, there were totally physical things that I went through that others didn't. And yeah, it just brought me to my knees and took me to the necessity of my own healing, which then opened this knowingness that I went through those things for a reason to be able to teach specifically on them and help others guide themselves out of those kinds of dynamics. Mm, Yes. So using your own transformative experience as a necessity for your work and how you show up in the world. Well, I believe that life is the initiation. You know, we we don't need to take ourselves off to some mystery school. Like it's all encoded in our life, in our environment, in our blood, in our family line. And being present to that completely defined where my life went after that point. It reminds me of how you speak about be your own medicine and how to have your own medicine, have our own medicine and allow that medicine to be what it is we offer to the world, but only after and until we fully live it and nurture ourselves with it. Totally. And, and because there was a need for a lot of feminine healing and reconnection and empowerment, rather than the repression and the um, disempowerment that I experienced and observed, you know, one could say that what I've chosen to focus on in my life is um, (laughs) because of what I went through, but I think it's equally what I came in to experience and have, you know, been connected to for many, many lifetimes. And as you say this, I have the feeling of a sense of responsibility, but in the purest sense of the word. So being able to respond because of the collective soul wisdom and this responsibility. It is my life and I get to choose. I feel so many of our listeners and sensitive sisters around the world will resonate exactly with what it is we are saying. Yes. Yes, it's, it's quite a specific role and, and tuning into the women listening right now, I, I really understand that role of maybe being a family scapegoat or like being that one individual within the group who is um, feeling things very deeply and wanting to connect and yeah, wanting to have a healthy experience of human relationship. And um, that not really being returned, you know, because there's like a diminished capacity for people to come from that place. And it can be very isolating and very um, difficult in the experience. But we tend to find each other as we (laughs) evolve (laughs) on our path. Definitely. Glad we found each other. Tell us and let us connect in with what are your current offerings in the world for our sisters who may resonate with what it is we're discussing. Yes, yes. Um, There are two main offerings that I 
bring. And um, the original one is feminine embodiment yoga. So I created um, female yoga specifically for woman's body and the female experience of life, which is very different to the traditional Hatha yoga. And um, more recently I have an offering, sorry, women can train in that to, to teach their version of female yoga. Mm-hmm. And women can also train with me to be coaches so they can do the one-on-one deeper therapeutic work with women. Mm-hmm. So after doing that for a long time in a private practice, I'm now training women to be able to bring those skills to their clients. Mm-hmm. So there's the professional education pathway with me and there's the personal emotion pathway. And those offerings are different things like what you have done, Lindsay, a retreat and an online immersion and things like this. Um, so those things can vary over time. Beautiful. I love to connect into that educational offering. I'm so happy that you're offering this at this time because to have this fullness and spreading out over time a comprehensive training is absolutely necessary for us to be prepared to work with other women. I believe it's over two years. Am I correct? Yeah, the family medicine coaching. Yeah, it's it's two years mm-hmm. and it's part-time, um, but there's a lot in there. And, you know, I think two years is the minimum that someone would want to commit to to prepare themselves for feeling skilled and confident to be with women in those deep spaces because it impacts their lives enormously. I've been training with my teacher, Catherine, with DreamWork Imagery and Healing for five years now. And I feel like I'm still going to be training for the rest of my life because it just never ends. And we're always, I've been working directly with you for about two years now. And it's just like, it's an infinite well spring that we can continue going towards. Um, So let's talk about feminine embodiment yoga. And for our listeners that maybe haven't heard this word embodiment, would you like to give us a definition and then how this is different and is specifically for the female experience? Mm. Okay. So if I were to speak just on embodiment itself, I understand that a lot of people initially think that that's just a physical thing. But my understanding of this is that it's all about bodies creating a level of integration So it's like, you know, from our deepest soul level that we actually really incarnate into our human flesh and bring like the full magnitude of our multidimensional nature into connection with the third dimension, which um, is an enormous undertaking (laughs) and a different experience of life. (laughs) Yeah. Rather than staying on the surface. And so when that is applied in a practice that helps to cultivate that state that I just mentioned, when it comes to women, um, that's really more specific again, Mm. because there are general ways (laughs) that are relevant to both men and women and the birds agree. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, But yeah, I have really focused on the female um, embodied research and experience and practice because that's the body that I'm living in. Mm -hmm. And I can speak direct to the specific intricacies of that process. And so 
a woman can go through her life, you know, not tapping into this kind of work without really experiencing what her female physiology is capable of. And so by tuning into this, you know, this whole world of feminine embodiment, it's kind of like the divine coding that already exists within ourselves gets to be ignited and we get to directly have a relationship with that. So it's like you can think of it as awakening the full potential of our female physiology. And that has, you know, an intricate link with our psychology and our emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's a very neurochemical experience as well. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's a lot that could be said about it, but feminine embodiment is very much in the way that I know it about harnessing and optimizing these female biological physiological experiences that we go through, for example, our menstrual cycle, but there's much more than that to it as well. All the states and ranges of our female orgasmicness and our pleasure utilizing, you know, all of our female anatomy and just being witness to how that opens consciousness, how that helps us to tap into expanded parts of who we really are. And I love it because it doesn't matter what age a woman is, what her beliefs are, what her religion is or isn't, right? All of that is a little conceptual at the end of the day, because if we're in these female bodies, every woman you know, transcending all of that, all those labels that can happen can tap into these states that I just mentioned. And to me, that's that visceral experience of um, divine feminine energy. Yes. So, so, so rich. The embodiment experience. I was recently back in New England where I grew up and I was able to initiate one of my oldest friends into a feminine embodiment yoga practice. And we, we, are, we do have different beliefs and we have very different lives. And to have this full physical experience of um, our bodies together was so, so special. And it just was uh, the perfect example of how available it is to really get in touch with the divine feminine within us um, through experience, not yes, concept. <laughs> and I love it you know because the concepts can be contrasting they can create conflict and um, just sort of cement an identity of ourselves or others that may not be quite accurate to reality with a capital R (laughs) (laughs) by surrendering to the wisdom of the feminine intelligence that moves through us things that we think we know about ourselves and about the world and about each other naturally get rearranged into this beautiful harmonious alignment and then you know we're looking at ourselves and the world with new eyes and and that's such a gift it's like being reunited with a oneness that's present in all of life yes fully yes one of the aspects of your work Um, that really changed the framework of my own work with women and my work with myself every day. Not my work, but my my journey of self-love and integration is the concept of our three intelligence centers and how they also relate to embodiment or not. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about the roots of where these three centers come from and how they relate to our embodiment practices? Yes, yes. 
this is something that became apparent to me doing many, many, many tantric bodywork sessions over and over again, hundreds, um, thousands of hours even, and also through teaching female yoga. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of funny that it came to me that way because I later realized that this exists as an ancient Taoist teaching as well that's often taught in Qigong and, and some martial arts. Mm. Um, but the way I tuned into it was a very female version of the three Dantians or three intelligence centers. And what really stood out to me just from the way, you know, that I experienced my energy in life and, and witnessing other women's expression and experience in deep healing spaces, in the energies that would come through us in sacred space. Um, so our, if you think of our pelvic region, which includes our gut brain as well, um, this is our instinctual or primal intelligence. You know, that animal, that sacred animal desire body, part of our nature that is sensual and, um, you know, is orientated to pleasure and, you know, physical reality and connection and, um, it's, it's essential and obviously it's how we all got here. So to be in harmony <laughs> with this part of ourselves um, is extremely empowering and life-changing. It's, it's really where all the vitality is, comes from. And then our, um, I'm touching my chest here, so our, our heart intelligence center. And this is normally when women think of this, we think of being loving to someone else, um, but there's both the yin and the yang of this, you know, because it's how we receive that and, and how we receive our own energy and, you know, nurture and nourish ourselves with that as well. So yes, it's about empathy and compassion and understanding and connection and, um, you know, having a priority of emotional intelligence in your environment, but it's also the internal application of that as well. And that has a connection with our throat intrinsically, but then I'd be slightly going into another map <laughs> of the uh, three intelligence centers a little bit, um, but they're very connected, our throat and our heart. Um, and the other one would be our capacity for mental coherence and clarity, and also our connection to intuition and higher consciousness. So in a more detailed map of looking at this, there'd be kind of separate things that connect, but in this three intelligence centers um, kind of model, it, it includes, yeah, it includes our ability to be coherent about our own experience and our connection beyond our personal self as well. And I didn't mention obviously our instinctual center being our connection to the earth. Yeah. Also. yeah. <laughs> And so often the majority of our energy and our, our awareness can be in only just one of these centers. Yeah, often not clearly, right? Like often with a fair bit of distortion, it's not like we <laughs> people naturally rest as their default mode in the clarity and so coherent capacity. It's like more the analytical, <laughs> logical brain or, you know, the judging and analyzing part of us. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so actually if I were to elaborate on that like that part that I highlighted of 
you know, operating from a certain part of our intelligence center there, you know, our whole education system and um, socialization on the planet is geared to emphasize intelligence, right? Not necessarily higher intelligence, but our intellectual intelligence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's sort of a bit of a default mode. The other default mode for a lot of women is that giving out, you know, connection, caring about everyone else, but not so much being on the receiving end of that. And not always, but often if we're going with the more conditioned version of how people are brought up in this, on this planet is um, also to have a disconnect to our instinctual intelligence center and there being shame and fear and um, apprehension around even being aware that our womb has intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yes, the greatest mystery, our womb intelligence. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I'm always marveled how every time I sense this imbalance within myself, as I get onto my sheepskin rug to do my feminine embodiment practices, everything comes back into alignment. Yes, exactly. And so weaved into the foundations of female yoga and feminine embodiment in the way that I know it is amplification of these aligned versions of our three intelligence centers Mm -hmm. and inviting them to be part of our experience, part of what we feel and opening that up intentionally so that we develop a relationship with these different parts of ourselves. And just by allowing them all to exist, not denying them, not running from them, (laughs) accepting them, enjoying them, naturally a state of alignment and congruency happens exactly like what you just said. Yeah. It's easy. (laughs) Yeah. And we're wired for it, right? So if we just become available to reconnect it's actually all there like a divine blueprint for us to rest back into yeah yes alignment is our natural state of being absolutely (laughs) and um so touching on this what makes uh female only spaces essential to the embodiment practices Mm. well I could answer that in a few ways. Mm-hmm. I've actually taken note recently of women, even in like the, the business entrepreneurial world, even they say, you know, that when a man comes into the space, the whole energy in the room is different and they're focusing on business, right? So imagine the impact of that when women are really inhabiting their bodies and opening up their expression and deeply connecting with their heart and their um, deep sensuality and their expression in this way, that changes things when male energy is present in the space. So just like a purely feminine environment invites a deeper knowing of this part of ourselves. It's so healing and it's so essential. It's so healing just for the reconnection that's available in being in the purity of that womb vibration. It, um, I mean, when women are practicing together, 
it's like a whole greater womb field opens up through everyone opening within themselves and that amplification of the that deeper yin essence of woman is a very nourishing energy field for everyone to bathe in um and <laughs> often it was spoken about being like in an oxytocin bath mm. to do a group practice together mm. and um and so within that field that level of subtlety and depth and safety that is there when it's just all women there are levels of vulnerability and authenticity that come out that don't come out in any other space mm. and women might not even know that they have a certain expression that wants to come out in them until they're there in that environment feeling in deep in their bodies that level of safety mm. so conceptually they might think oh no well i'm fine if a man is there but that's a very different thing <laughs> that would be yeah with these three intelligence centers that would be the surface of their mind saying sure i'm open-minded to that yeah but their instinctual intelligence might have a whole other conversation about that right. in contrast mm -hmm. and the other thing i would add is that um every woman's body is carrying and processing certain levels of trauma that have to do with interactions with male energy whether that's something that you experience directly personally in your life or whether it's in your cellular memory from your female lineage mm -hmm. and um, it's simply about creating a pure and clear space for those painful places to be um, cleansed mm -hmm. and and um further triggered which creates like a defensiveness and protective mechanisms that don't let these places truly release and let go mm, continually coming back to safety and the experience of safety and what it does to activate our natural healing and integrative capacities yes 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 and that's everything to do with this emotional intelligence center, this hard intelligence. Mm. And that safety is actually the doorway to opening a whole feminine body. And, and that's something I could briefly define because <laughs> people misunderstand what that even means as well sometimes initially. Mm. So when I say feminine body, I don't just mean the fact that you may be biological female and, you know, in the shape of a woman with female anatomy. When I say feminine body, I mean this awakened, living feminine intelligence that is beyond, but through your physical body. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, yeah, it, again, um, talking about feminine embodiment, like we mentioned before, it's like all the subtle layers and levels of us it's, it's literally like a living energy field. Mm -hmm. And that, um, yeah, it's, it's really a requirement for that safety to be there, for that to open up. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it just doesn't naturally occur, even if a woman wants it to. <laughs> I felt that when I participated in the feminine embodiment yoga training. The amount of safety that is just there that you create and you hold for us as a group of women. We didn't even know each other upon arrival and immediately 
within a few days of practicing together and within our women's circles and spaces, the level of safety was greater than anything I had before experienced in my life, which is saying a lot. That's very beautiful, Lindsay. Yeah, and it's true. And, and, you know, I've seen it all the time in these spaces with women and, and they generally always have that kind of response, you know, and sometimes they didn't even know that that level of safety and what that safety opened in them was possible for them to be accessing. And so often women come to these environments and realize, oh, I didn't even know that I didn't know this part of myself. Yeah. So the range that we get to develop, the depths that we get to know ourselves on are um, entirely born from the purity of these women only spaces. Yeah. Mm, so beautiful. I love how you define the feminine body as the alive and awakened energy field that comes through as an alive consciousness. And I want to touch on also how you define the divine feminine as your experience of divinity itself as it moves through our female form and how it's not a concept, idea, or archetype, but a living reality and a level of consciousness that is completely aligned with how I experience the divine feminine. And again, stepping away from it being a mental concept or a mental idea that we're reaching for, but it is a full embodied experience that's available to every woman on this planet. Yes. You know, it, it shifts from an idea or a concept about it to a living experience when we actually come into alignment with that level of receptivity mm-hmm. and allow our feminine body to awaken and come into that capacity of receivership of direct source connection and deep earth connection all the way through and all that that alignment awakens within us. And so you know, in this time of popularity and rising um, numbers of women wanting to get, you know, connected to their feminine power, it's, it's so amazing. It's such a great time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the idea of what it is is quite different to the real lived experience of it. So there's a distinction there that women tend to meet and, um, Again, you know, it's just like, oh, when our whole body reconnects to that living intelligence, it rearranges our mind. It it changes our perception and reorientates it back to this aligned, congruent place. Mm. And um, it's, it's really important, you know, because sometimes even with good intentions to connect with divine feminine, that can create separation, you know, with other women or between uh, a woman and and a man. And, you know, so the sooner that a a woman can get into the real visceral experience of that in her body, the real thing, then yeah, there's so much wisdom that comes from that renewed perception of ourselves and others and what this divine female power that we have is really for you know, and how to wield that power wisely to create more unity, you know, and and not more separation. Because sometimes it can fuel the the spiritual ego a little bit 
And when we really meet this energy, that just dissolves. You know, everything that's not true just get gets cleansed, taken from us, which is good. <laughs> and it's simple. That part is really simple when we start to get into the fullness of our bodies. Mm. How do you how do you mean simple? Um, I'm constantly amazed at as something's moving through me, as I relax into it, as I meet it fully through my body, it dissolves, it moves, it shakes, and then it's gone. And I might have held that for many lifetimes, or it might have been coming from my lineage, or it might have been my own experience. But in the moment, in a moment, it can be gone. Sure. And it's through that fullness of the presence and, and the space and the um, alignment that it occurs and the actual process of it is simple. <laughs> true, true. But maybe the connection to whatever it is is quite complex and complicated. That's right. <laughs> like, oh, the healing is going to take so long or it's going to take so long or it's going to be so difficult. But in actuality, getting into ourselves every single day is where the simplicity of the process becomes. That's right. And there was a key word that you just shared that really stood out to me around space mm. because it does take quite a bit of spaciousness, both, you know, with, within it, like around us in our environment to open that up within us. Mm. And something that I've noticed about you, Lindsay, is that you've created a priority of that in yourself, you know, like for your life and you get to experience the results of that which might feel more simple to you than to someone who's not used to giving themselves that much space. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, for noticing that and saying that because it's true. I mean, five years ago, it, it seemed a lot more complex and complicated because my life wasn't so spacious. And so, yes, how do we give ourselves more permission to give more space in our lives to cultivating our own connection with self? And bringing it back, how do I allow myself to receive my heart energy as well? And turning that in, I feel like that's one of the most essential aspects of all of what we've talked about, is how to let our nurturing come back in. Absolutely. And, you know, as women, we don't want to let go of the nurturing that comes out mm -hmm. and that connects and that, you know, is that glue in the fabric of society and culture that, that women are as these primary nurturing caregivers a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, like, so there's, there's never really a point where we don't engage in that. Yeah. Like if I think of mothers listening or whoever it may be, but it is about learning to, and yeah. give to and receive. <laughs> yes. It doesn't need to be one or the other. It's always, how do we come together? Hmm. So to wrap up our time together, as we've touched on so much here, is there any last chalice of feminine wisdom that you would like to weave into the lives of our listeners today? Um, oh, I, I, I'd love to. And there's so many things that I could share. What is in my awareness right now is actually the importance of having real world application of this 
awakening of our internal power as women mm. and um, letting it be something that creates more unity, more togetherness, not more separation. Mm. Sometimes in the pursuit to really understand what sovereignty means, there can be this staunch standing alone, um, you know, image of the warrior woman with her staff, <laughs> which I love, by the way. <laughs> but that's like totally embodied as, you know, the only point of reference for what one is aiming for in what the expression of this awakened female power looks like in the world, you know, that's that's an important aspect of what helps us feel strong and empowered but it's not everything it's not the whole picture and so yeah having ways that we learn how to apply this deep learning about ourselves as women to connection with other women to connection with our men and and our families and the world and to not separate ourselves off too much yeah, because it's necessary to have the space, like we just said before, like that's non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's almost this internal identity that can develop for women um, in this kind, these kinds of circles of doing deep feminine work. And something I'm noticing is how important it is to stay connected to the current culture and society that we're living in and allow what we are awakening to to have a direct link for something we're being of service to with that power we've awakened for it to not become this bourgeois spirituality that is um, only self-serving, you know, and and to not go into the distortions of perceiving the divine feminine as superior in some way and not understanding basically how to translate the deep feminine learning in how to how to connect with men mm -hmm. that role as initiator initiatress of men is something that's been very present in my human journey as a woman and as a teacher and it's something that i really want to encourage in women to yeah remember on a deep level that that's that's part of our role Mm -hmm. And there is an art to the translation of this deep personal learning that we go through in women's spaces. There's an art to that translation to how it connects with the world we're living in and the people around us. Oh, yes. I feel this so deeply in every cell of my body. This is true feminine arts. And remembering that is also where the power actually comes from. As much as it comes from within us, it is as we give and as we relate and as we experience ourselves in relation to others in translating this experience of the divine feminine in service to our families, our communities, and the world itself. Yes, yes. We have this power of creation within us and it is so pivotal for everyone around us as well. And that power can be used for creation or destruction. <laughs> yes choose wisely yes <laughs> oh, lovely thank you so much Devashi for connecting in with us where can all of our lovely listeners connect in with you I'll be including links wherever this is going 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, Devashishakti.com mm -hmm. is the current main website where you can find information about me. I'm also active on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. I look forward to connecting in with you again. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for the invitation um, to connect with everybody here today. Mm -hmm. Pleasure. I'm Lindsay Curtis, and you've been listening to Her Return, the podcast. Subscribe and review this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and wherever you are listening. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and for that five-star review. Join me for new episodes coming soon.